Yeah, yeah, 360, yeah, I'm like, like round and round and round we go, and where we stop, I'm like, nobody knows, 360 degrees, 360 degrees, we give you what you want, we give you what you need, 360 degrees, a definitive of the urban breakdown, where we talk about the weekend review and things that affect me and you. Merck, what you got? All right. Uh, I, I was saying I was trying to do things a little bit more lighthearted on the on the 360 breakdown, but it never ends up that way. So I, I, I will say this has a point, so bear with me on this, okay? Uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin is basically, I put that in the same class as Moby Dick, meaning a book that I've never read, but I know everything about. <laughs> <laughs> because it's always been talked about. If you remember in Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, Uncle Tom, you know, being the the character was a uh, well, the main character was a slave, and he was more of a subservient slave. He was a Christian, right? And this is not a knock on any religion. So, in, although it may seem like it at times, it is not. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, Tom was actually, in a way, a hero of the book because he knew the location of runaway slaves and he would not tell. So his master had a couple of other slave overseers. And when I call them slave overseers, they were actually slaves themselves, Sambo and Quinn. Uh, they beat Uncle Tom to death to get the information out. And Tom, with, using his faith as a shield, would not give up the information. So... Uh, even though Tom was seen as the hero of the book, by the time we got to the 20th century and they did kind of like another view of the book, they didn't like the fact of Tom's uh, – they kind of saw religion as having Tom be obedient to his master, right? Being as that uh, – not to say that he was going to go on that turn on anybody, but because of his faith, it made him more subservient to his master, and it was kind of like a, a knock on how to use religion to uh, to cull the slaves and make them more subservient to their will by promising them that, oh, if you take all these ass weapons now in heaven, you're going to be set. Right. So we are, uh, as black people, we are sometimes quick to call other people Toms or Sambos or stuff like that seemingly when we don't agree, but I think there's a more of a science to it than that. I was on, uh, if you thought that Twitter was racist, get on YouTube sometimes and read some of those comments. Holy Jesus. YouTube has no chill, no nothing. They just don't care. And I was on, uh, I think I spoke about uh, a few weeks ago, actually it was quite a while ago, I was on the previous show, about Omarosa. 
and her uh, experience at uh, was like a black journalist get together. And of course, you know, no one had anything nice to say about Amorosa. They've never had anything nice to say about her since she was on The Apprentice. And there was a guy, and I'm not making this up to be funny. He basically said, hey, how come, like, hey, black people, how come every time someone wants to get off the plantation, you guys always want to hold them back? So it's basically like he's saying, being black, that's a dead end. You're never going to get anywhere. If you want to get off the plantation, you got to kind of, you know, hang with the white folks. And I, I'll tell you this about me personally. A lot of my friends are, uh, I have friends of all races, all nationalities, you know, people who I grew up with. I've said this ad nauseum. But my thing is this. I don't have to change to be around these people. I can be myself and they can be themselves and we get along just fine, right? What they're saying is, and maybe because he used the words off, you know, get off the plantation, maybe I took it that way, but you know, if you're black, you're never gonna get anywhere. So if you wanna get off the plantation, you gotta be somebody else, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't go for that, you know? Put it like this, and the point of my whole thing here, right? You had a lot of stuff going on between uh, Jason Whitlock, Jerry Rice, and Ray Lewis. The Jerry Rice stuff is old, but I'm using that as a contrast. And I want to make it clear that black people don't just, some people do, but some people don't care. <laughs> they see something they don't like, and they'll just call you an Uncle Tom off the bat. Some of them don't care. I'm not going to pretend like they don't care sometimes, but there is a, there's a little bit of a science to it. Of course, we all know the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, right? And everyone has their opinions on Colin Kaepernick, right? So I'm going to read you a couple of tweets from Jerry Rice, right? Because Jerry Rice switched his stance in the course of a couple of weeks, and as far as I know, never really said why. Not that that matters in this case, but his first tweet was, all lives matter. And right there, I was automatically mad at Jerry Rice for saying that. Don't start that all lives matter horseshit. Because that's basically just what they say to stop the Black Lives Matter conversation, you know. So he says, all lives matter. So much going on in this world today. Can we all just get along? Colin, I respect your stance, but don't disrespect the flag. That was August 30th of last year. And then September 20th of last year, he came out and he says, I support Kaepernick for bringing awareness for injustice. As Americans, we all have rights. I'm hoping that we all come together. Hashtag solution. Now, why did I not call Jerry Rice and Uncle Tom for saying that? Because he basically, in both tweets, he respected Colin Kaepernick's stance. He didn't agree with the whole flag thing. And I've seen tweets on both sides from soldiers who said, yeah, I'm fighting here in Iraq and Afghanistan for your right to protest because that's in the First Amendment. And then you have other soldiers who say, hey, you know, we use that flag to drape the coffins of our fallen brothers. You, you need to stand up and respect that flag, even though, as I mentioned last week, there is no law that states that you have to stand for the flag. They tried, and the Supreme Court has deemed it unconstitutional going back 50 years. So it's not from lack of trying that they tried to make it a crime to not stand for the flag. As a matter of fact, in my research, there was a case, 1941, two college students were fined by a judge $200 apiece for not standing for the flag. Put that in perspective, 
the two guys who created Superman 10 years earlier sold the rights to Superman to DC Comics for 50 bucks. So a judge fined these guys $200 a piece for not standing for the flag. So for some people, it's a touchy issue. Understand that. But Jerry Rice, in his responses, said, I respect your stance, but leave the flag out of it. So I understand that. Then you got Ray Lewis, okay? <laughs> Ray, Ray, you're fucking killing me here, dude. Ray's advice is basically like, keep your mouth shut. If you do good works, don't talk about it. Don't tell nobody. Because they're going to they gonna disrespect you anyway. There's a racket on, on Hot 97 because when he was, he was preaching to Colin Kaepernick, he was sounding like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and he really did sound like Muhammad Ali. And when one of them mentioned Muhammad Ali in the beginning, I actually thought it was Muhammad Ali speaking. That's how much Ray was trying to, to get his, his preach on, you know. But the thing that pissed me off about Ray Lewis was that he came on a couple of days ago and claimed that, uh, to put a little bit of context into this, uh, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend, who also runs, who has a, a radio show herself, she made a tweet of Ray Lewis and uh, the owner of the Ravens. Uh, I call him Biscotti. I, 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 I know it's not Biscotti. I refuse to pronounce his name right because he has a stupid name. But anyway, um, him and Biscotti in like that loving embrace like Ray's coming from behind and I know he has a hard on when he's standing behind that man let's just be real about that but he um she had that picture and then below had a picture of Stephen from Django Unchained embracing Calvin Candy as he died and it really did look the same <laughs> I was like wow that was spot on but Ray Ray Lewis and, and if I call him Ray Rice by accident forgive me I've been doing that I've been rehearsing this. I've been doing that all morning. But Ray Lewis claimed that the Ravens were just about to sign Colin Kaepernick. And then that tweet came out. And then they're like, no, nah, that's not okay. Here's the thing. The coach of the Ravens wanted Kaepernick. Kaepernick played for his brother in San Francisco. And his brother loves Colin Kaepernick. And says that, you know, he could be a big-time quarterback. They went to the Super Bowl together, right? So yeah. they won him, but the owner didn't like the kneeling for the national anthem thing. So if someone's going to sign you to a deal, put it like this, Odie. If somebody was going to give you a job offer, are they, gonna, are they just going to call you? Like, you didn't apply for the job. You didn't even, you didn't even call them. But all of a sudden, uh, SAS calls you up and they just say, hey, uh, Odie, you start on Monday. You'd be, like, you'd be like, this is like a practical joke, right? Because I didn't, you know, I didn't apply for you guys. If someone was going to sign a pro athlete, that means that the, that the pro athlete and the front office sat down together and said, hey, listen, we're interested in signing you. But maybe we have some concerns. There's no dialogue between the Ravens and Colin Kaepernick. So how the fuck is Ray Lewis going to come out of his stupid fat mouth and say that, yeah, the Ravens were going to sign him, but then she put that racist picture up and then they said no. Yeah, fuck you, Ray Lewis. There was no way they were ever going to sign Colin Kaepernick because the owner didn't want Kaepernick because of his protest. And then we get to the, the, the fat man in the fedora as uh, Charlemagne the God calls him. And you saw uh, a couple days ago, you saw the... Uh, I didn't know who that was. Uh, there was a picture of 
Jason uh, Jason Whitlock, and he had somebody impersonating Colin Kaepernick with the afro and the beard and like the fake and then the, the oversized black glove and you know doing the black power stance and stuff like that. And you know who that was? That was Kid from Kid and Play. Yes. Now that I did hear, and I was like, what the entire fuck? And I I do not follow him on social media. Um, but he was on the Breakfast Club just some months back, and I really enjoyed that interview. It was actually both Chris's, um, Kid and Play, and um, I really enjoyed the interview. And I was like, damn, like you know, I just kind of expected more from them. Just yeah. I don't know why. Even though they, I've never like thinking back on it, they've never said or kind of implied that they were socially conscious. But it just, I was like, what the entire fuck? And I looked on his social media just to see if he'd um, addressed anything that had, you know, all the backlash once people found out that it was him, mm-hmm. and his shit was dry. So I, I'm thinking he's just kind of waiting for it to blow over, but. Yeah. What the entire fuck? Like, what were you thinking? How was that okay? Like, why are you out there? <laughs> there, 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 there was a movie the with uh, with Blair Underwood and Denzel Washington, and there was a uh, a, a black officer. And he tells a story. Long story short, he tells a story of right after World War Two, there was a black soldier who wanted to. Uh, associate with the the white soldiers so he dressed up as a monkey and danced on tables and they threw bananas at him and the thing that still puts a chill in my spine to this day i saw that, and i saw that in high school in in high school in the classroom right they played that movie and the guy the the officer was like you know even when we cut his throat he was still asking what did he do wrong like that's kid right now to me like he's probably just like what why is everybody so mad? I'm a comedian now. I thought it was funny. No, no, it's not funny. Not at all. You fucking idiot. But my thing with Jason Whitlock, he is the worst of the three. Right? He is definitely a Sambo or a Quimbo. Because in his mind, what Kaepernick is putting attention to doesn't exist despite all the videos that came out of cops doing just that. Uh, Whitlock has money, but Whitlock thinks that his money makes him immune from an ass whooping from the cops. That is absolutely not true. Uh, who was it? Was, uh, was it Michael Bennett who got pulled over by the cops? There was an NBA player, cop broke his leg, and he was out, uh, I think it cost him the rest of his season. Your money does not make you immune to that, right? But one last, but one last thing before I turn it over to you guys. Shannon Sharp made an excellent point. He talked about J.J. Uh, Watt. You know, I think I think we mentioned J.J. Watt last week. The efforts that he's putting forth. He only he was only supposed to try and raise a couple hundred thousand dollars. Ended up raising over twenty million dollars at last count to help the the victims of Hurricane Harvey out in Houston, which is an amazing effort. And Shannon Sharp brought up a great point. He said that no one ever told J.J. Watt, hey, stick to football. Leave all that charity stuff to the Red Cross. Stay in your lane. Stay in your place. But if Kaepernick stands up for injustice, they tell Kaepernick, hey, uh, that's not your place. 
politics is not your thing. Charity, you know, helping people, you know, just stick to playing football. When LeBron James spoke out about Charlottesville, he had hundreds of tweets of people telling him, stick to winning championships. Keep your mouth shut. Do you know LeBron James, is, like, made millions of dollars opening up a Blaze pizza? Y'all motherfuckers, <laughs> they ain't got nothing to say when he's over there taking your coins just to make pizza, but right. all of a sudden... That's not his lane, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. he's making it work. Like, I mean, just irritated out of me. They're not robots, you know. They have feelings too, and they see the stuff that's going on. You know, LeBron James had racial epithets uh, spray painted on his house for Christ's sakes. So how would he not weigh in on something like this? And even, and even if he didn't, he's been doing that long before that happened. Him and Dwayne Wade was wearing uh they're uh, Black Lives Matter t-shirts. You know? Being photographed with them in practice with them wearing those t-shirts. Or the, the hands up, don't shoot t-shirts. So LeBron has had his finger on the pulse like that for, for a while now. But they all want him to be like Michael Jordan. You know? Never talk about social issues and then invest in private prisons. Okay, I need to verify that last part because I've seen a few articles where they said, yeah, Jordan invested in private prisons. I don't know if that's true. But even when people saying, you know, stay in your lane, blah, 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 stick to playing mm -hmm. basketball. In that, in that instance, why aren't you staying in your lane and talking about the things that only pertain to you by you getting in the lane to talk to the, the, the sports player, telling them what they need to do? Right. In essence, isn't that stepping outside of your lane and trying to dictate yeah. somebody else with their lives? Yeah, it's it's the I, I wrote a song about it in the 80s. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> it's like rain. All right, all right, all right. And then Alanis Morissette stole it from you. <laughs> you should have sued her. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, I, let me ask you this, guys. You know, is it fair to call someone like a Ray Lewis or, or a Jason Whitlock, like a, a Tom or a Sambo or something like that. Because my thing is this, if you just make a general statement or a neutral statement, you know, just give your opinion. But when your opinions could possibly uh, hurt people in a way, you know, maybe not directly, but you're telling people, nah, don't protest, don't stand up. What if labor unions did that? then I'd be at work right now. <laughs> One of those people just 50 years ago didn't do that shit. You see what I'm saying? Like, if just 50 years ago, like, what if people didn't do that shit? And they was like, oh, I'm going to stay in my lane. Like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't feel no type of way about these black people not being able to vote. Like, what the fuck? Like, people always say, um, I saw this tweet or like a post on Instagram or something a while ago and it said um, something like people always want to talk about oh if I were my ancestors I would be this type of slave I would be the Nat Turner type like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't sit and I wouldn't like sit down for that shit but it's like no but we're we're in history now like when when our kids or grandkids look back and they're like well what did you do when all this crazy shit was going on in your time. Like, they're going to be like, what side of history were you on? Were you the complicit one? Or did you actually take action? Like, what the fuck did you do? And you being complicit is awesome shit like stay in your lane. Like, we live now. We're living now. We can do but, something now. 
put it like this. You know why people love Bernie Sanders so much? Not just because of what he says, because of what he does. There's a picture of Bernie Sa- of a young Bernie Sanders uh, at a protest chained to a black woman. <laughs> okay, so you can't really, uh, you know, chain to a black woman in protest and being dragged away by cops. So yeah, you can't, you know, everybody is not really doesn't have the stomach to go to a protest because they don't want to get shot by the Klan anymore, you know. But you got people like William Barber. I don't even think he could walk. He's such a big dude. But he, every every Monday he was out there for those moral Mondays, getting arrested. You know, people were out there, you know, in the streets, you know, to be literal. So yeah, I agree. You know, some people, you know, they'll talk a good game. You know, but and even if you do something as simple as vote, that's still a huge thing, you know, in your local elections for your judges and for your local officials. Look what happened in Ferguson after what happened with uh, after that shooting. That shooting wasn't the first shooting. That was just a straw that broke the camel's back. So stuff is going on in Ferguson for a long time. But, you know, you're right, Odie. I mean, there are some people who will talk about it and then there are some people who will just be about it. You know, and you're right. We, I mean, no matter what, I mean, people think of history, they think of it in the past. We're in history now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We will be history. <laughs> and what you do now matters to affect the future. So, I don't know. People just kill trying to stop others from being great. <laughs> you exactly. don't want to help, then shut the fuck up. But don't exactly. stop other people from trying to do it. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, like you said before, if if someone if you don't speak on it, there's gonna be people that talk. If you speak on it, there's gonna be people that talk. You should always live for yourself and do for yourself as long as it doesn't impact the welfare and safety of others, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So but unless you guys had anything else to add on it, that's all I had. Oh. Okay. That's cool. Oh, what you got? Well, as you guys know, I was uh, in Philly last weekend. Good old Made in America Festival. I'm thinking, I'm already thinking of uh, Labor Day next year. I think I'm going to go to the West Indian Day Parade as I'm going to spend my Labor Day weekend. I've never been. Um, Really? And I like to go. I've never been. I, I, I say that because I know you're, I know you're a traveler. So I, I figured you'd have already done the West Indian Neighborhood. I was in New York. I was born in New York. I have family there, but I've never been to the West Indian Neighborhood. So why not? It just seems like it'd be time. Why not? And I'm pretty. Go- I'm gonna try to stay as domestic as possible next year. So that'll be the year to do it. Why not do the West Indian Neighborhood? So um, that is that is the game plan. But this past Labor Day weekend. I went to Philadelphia for, I think this is actually the ninth annual, but the fourth in Philadelphia. Don't quote me on that, but I know that Made in America has been going on for some time. Um, Jay-Z has his hand in it. When you go, first of all, when you arrive, there's like title merchandise everywhere. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So you get some freebies. They had like uh, book the little book bags or satchels, whatever, and then they had uh, scarves and stuff like that. So there's title merchandise everywhere. The lineup included Jay Z, J Cole, and the Chainsmokers as the headliners. Uh, J Cole was Saturday night. 
the Chainsmokers were on a different stage, um, I think around Jay-Z's time, but or like right after, because as we were leaving, I remember seeing a, a group whose music I didn't recognize playing. So anyway, um, Jay-Z did a good set. He did the songs that you expected him to do. Um, girls, girls, kind of girls. Sexy. I can't remember. No. <laughs> no, he's not. He definitely did. Dirt, dirt off my shoulders? Dirt off my shoulders? <laughs> yes, he did. That was up there. Yeah, um, that's that's, that beat go hard. That's like one of my favorite beats right there. I don't care too much yeah. about rap, but anybody, anybody, that beat is so hard, anybody can be the most garbage rapper and can rock that one. Who, who produced that one? Was, that? was that for Pharrell? It's, it's the kind of song, um, was it Pharrell that produced that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, but that's just the kind of song where you just feel emboldened. Like, you feel like, oh, I don't care. You could look like a bum. But when that song comes on, you want to pop your collar. You want to brush your dirt off your shoulders. Like, yeah, I'm popping. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, but I thought what was interesting is when he did uh, the OJ song off of 444, mm-hmm. I Around to see like what white people were gonna be bold enough to say still nigger, and <laughs> I was like, who gonna be bold like bold enough like I'm I was out there you know I was drunk but I was still feeling pretty good and I was just like I paused and I looked around and I actually heard a white boy say, wait you can't say the n word. <laughs> wow. There was I mean there were a lot of white people. Um, and a lot of young people, I would put them, like, the average age was probably, like, a 20-year-old, especially in the later sets. But earlier in the day, there were high schoolers out there because I went to go get a Budweiser water bottle, and they were like, oh, you have to be 21 to get the water bottle. So this kid asked me, hey, can you get me one? And we gave him one, but it was just, it was just kind of funny, like, damn, like, Y'all asses are young as hell. And I guess, you know, they had the coins or whatever to get out there. I digress. But back to Jay-Z set. 444, story of OJ comes on. I hear this white boy being where, like, he tells his white friend, don't say that word. And I was like, all right, we might we might be impacting the youth a little bit more than we thought. Because I don't know. How do you guys feel about white people using the N-word? I'll put it like this. I have friends, like I said, I have friends who are, who are white and we get on and some of them I game with. So we're on team speak and if we're, and one of them, he loves Dave Chappelle. I can't expect him to see Dave Chappelle dressed as Rick James, grinding his muddy cowboy boots on Eddie Murphy's couch, say, fuck your couch, nigga, fuck your couch and censor himself. That's hilarious. Why does he feel the need to say it? I don't think nobody should say it. I don't like the word. I don't personally use the don't, word. Don't get don't. me wrong. I don't like the word either, and, I, and I'm always hoping. I should just tell you directly, but whenever I use it and it flies out of my mouth when I'm talking about someone like Jason Whitlock, <laughs> I always hope, like, God, I hope Blue edits that out because, I, you know, I used it when I was younger because I didn't know any better. And now I'm, you know, I'm in my, I'm older, and I don't like that word either, you know? But in, oh my in, god, you guys are so square. Like, look, nigga is like fuck to me. I like to, I like to, I like to be really creative with the nigga. Like, 
I want to make it a verb, an adjective, a noun, like emphasize it, de-emphasize it, because there's levels to it. So, right. <laughs> like, you got, like, your everyday nigga. Then you got, nigga, like, I got something to tell you. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that just happened, nigga. Like, I like to be very creative with my niggas, but I don't want white people saying it because at the end of the day, it's like bitch. So if you call me a bitch, I can't call you a bitch really because you're not a female. Like there's there's an implication that you're a female, so I'm calling you a bitch. Oh, there, so, there, there, there's there's plenty of male bitches. Jason Whitlock being one of them. But I'm go sure. Ahead. I'm sure there are, but it's it's still. But when you call a man a bitch, it's an insult. You see, like. I can call one of my female friends. A man and nigga, it can be an insult. Right. Listen. There's levels to this shit. What? I think I'm elevated above nigga. I'm a professional. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, <laughs> look, if you if you and I don't have the same, when it's a bitch involved, if you and I don't have the same genitalia, we can't equally exchange bitches. So if you and I aren't the same race, then you and I can't equally exchange the word nigga. Period. It's, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's the same kind of parallel. Like, nah, it doesn't have the same thing or it's not an equalizer when we're not built the same. The insult was based on being a nigga is supposed to be built on being black, less than. That is the implication. But if we both niggas, then it doesn't really matter. At least that's, that's my opinion. That's, I'm like, mm, yeah, the word ain't going nowhere. It's... And you know, you guys know, like my vocabulary is actually pretty okay. But I like, I like the own, like the ownership of the word nigga. Like, uh, but y'all, uh, I can dig that. I can dig that. Before I forget, because I've been smoking. Yeah. Before I forget, <laughs> um, I rarely, 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 besides maybe on TV here or there, hear the word nigga. So I mean. I'm not even. I'm not even in circles where niggas used a lot. You know what I'm saying? I haven't heard the word nigga. Probably in three months until today, nigga. <laughs> yeah, now granted, I don't like, I don't, I would say I use it at least once a day. I'm not gonna lie, I probably use it at least once a day. See, my go to word is motherfucker. Fucker, fuck, fuck, fuck. I love that word. Now, I don't use it a lot, but when I use it, I feel empowered because everybody can be a motherfucker. Everybody can get <laughs> fucked. You know what I'm saying? That's my go-to word. It's just something really powerful about the N-word. And it might have been because, I, you know, I, I grew up primarily in the South, you know, Charleston, mm. Florida, um, Mississippi, Alabama. So I've seen a lot of racism. I've, I've experienced a lot of racism. Shit, I even take it up further. Connecticut, Jersey. I, I experienced a lot of racism. <laughs> and it just, it's, it, I, I do understand it's empowering. And when I was younger, when I was really doing the rap thing, oh yeah, that was the word. I mean, uh, I think I might, yeah. even had, I might even had a song called Nigga that, that I think about it back in maybe 99 or 2000. But it just doesn't have at this age, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I could, I could possibly be a grandfather right now. You know, my son's old enough to be a grand, a grandfather. I mean, a, um, get heir child. No, he know better because I told him, get your shit together first. Make sure you get them degrees knocked out. Make sure you got a good financial plan. You got twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars at the bank. Don't have no kids right now. Um, <laughs> I, I wish my mama told me that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's hard. You know what I'm saying? When you ain't got no money in the bank and you're trying to raise one, but that's neither here nor there. But 
when it's all said and done, it had, like I said, I feel you. Oh, when you say, you know, you know, all the, what you like about the word, that was me all day, every day. But as I progress, as I get older, as I get more grays in my beard, I, I feel different. I'm beginning to feel differently about it. And I'm beginning to, I notice that I, I, I tend to not use words I use, or I don't tend to mm-hmm. hang in circles that I once hung in. I am not a smoker anymore, so I don't do the weed like that anymore, except for my medicinal ones. <clears throat> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but, if North, but if North Carolina ever approves it, that's going to be my go-to because this medicine I take for bipolar is not, I don't like it. <laughs> but if the, I know marijuana can treat the same symptoms and I will be without the side effects. Ah, North Carolina need to go ahead and approve it. <laughs> um, it's funny how D.C. approved it and we sitting here like ducks, you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh, I digress. But yeah, um, no, it's not okay. I, I'm okay with black saying it. I don't necessarily like it, but I would never, ever be okay. No matter how cool we are, you would not utter them the, them the words out your mouth. And I have a quick, quick hand. You know, I used to be a boxer. I used to be a, a street fighter too. I might just black out like for a brief second and pop you because that's just what I'm designed to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the crazy thing is, it can even be like a light-skinned nigga. I don't really like light-skinned niggas, but it can even be like a light-skinned nigga. I might just pop a light-skinned nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I look at it like this, right? I mean, I grew up listening to rap since like the late 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, until they got lost in the flood, we had the, I had those Sugar Hill records on vinyl until they got yeah. lost in the flood yeah. in my parents' house. Yeah. And, you know, when the rise of the, I almost, may, you know, I may as well say it now, with, with the rise of the N-word in, uh, in songs, Public Enemy uses nigger differently than like Busta Rhymes would use it because Busta Rhymes uses it right. to fill space in his songs. Uh, you know, uh, as a point, uh, he had a song called Give Me Some More. And I, and I like that song a lot. But I didn't realize just how much he uses that word in that song. For no reason. Like, Chuck D uses that word. He uses it for a reason. You understand? There's no reason Busta Rhymes used the, use the word nigger in a song 41 times. In one song. Okay, no- Listening to what you're saying, let me ask you this. This brings this brings me to a question. I hear you saying nigger. I'm saying nigger. So is there a difference between nigger with an ER and nigger with an L? No. no. I don't think there's, there's no difference. difference. There is. Very interesting. It comes out the I mean, I know you say some people say what the they pronounce it differently thinking that it's different but it's it's still the same <laughs> i think i think in lesson matters word words mean things and yeah so why don't you I'm, instead I'm of using nigga why don't you use king or queen you know what i'm saying and, and, and like i said I, 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 give their own I, I give people a pass because i can't expect somebody to like if you're a Kanye West fan, uh, Gold Digger got nominated for a Grammy. So if you have that record and you're singing it, and you just come out and just say, you know, because she ain't messing with no broke niggas, I'm like, I, I'm not gonna even bat an eye. But if we're just, if you just talking, and you're a white guy, and you say, and you're like, man, this nigga here, okay, you've gone too far. <laughs> and my friends will get nodded in your mouth because you know how and, I do. And, and my friends would never say that. 
You know, even the so ones who love Dave Chappelle. So you're saying when you play games, the white boys will be popping fly at the mouth. <laughs> they would they would never come out and, and say that like that. But if we're, we were talking about like you know the last Dave Chappelle episode we saw, and you're talking the joke that Dave Chappelle said, yeah, I'm not gonna bat an eye at that. Now why would they even bring that up in conversation? Why they gotta go to that part of the joke? I mean that whole skit had funny parts in it. You know what I'm saying? Why does that white boy gotta be the one that says fuck your couch, nigga? Fuck your couch, nigga? Oh, that shit was funny. <laughs> <laughs> To me, like, that's not the part that's funny. It's funny because Dave Chappelle is mimicking Rick James, who is also black. Right. When he says, fuck your couch, nigga. White boy, you don't need to say, fuck your couch, nigga, for it to be equally funny because you're you're mimicking Rick James and you're white, so you still got to be conscious of your white skin. We not built the same. Remember I said that? Yeah. And, but once you say, fuck your couch, I know what you're referencing. You don't have to say, nigga, for it to be funny. It was funny when Dave said it, and I'm sure it was funny when I've tried saying it without without it, and it just doesn't flow right. <laughs> but you know what it is, though. Fuck your couch. If you say fuck your couch, like, everybody knows. Everybody knows what that is. But anyway, we got a, off a little off topic there, but um, ultimately, I do think that Made in America was was a good show. Saturday, the weather was terrible. Um, the time that I was able to dial in, it rained the entire drive up. I was exhausted. Um, and then it rained well into Saturday night by the time we got out to the festival. Um, but so I did enjoy Solange's set. I look forward to watching Solange tonight when it's not raining here in Raleigh. So I'll be at, at the Hopscotch Festival. Um courtesy of the of my employer I won't say their name but yeah uh but last weekend it was it was so cool the other the other thing that really annoyed me I mean really 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 annoyed me about being out at that music festival was the lines for the food and the drinks not so much the drinks but definitely the food so they have several food trucks kind of set up you know throughout and of course, the longest line was which one? The one with the soul food, the one with the mac and cheese, the one with the hot wings. So, mm, I didn't wait on that line. I decided to get funnel cake just to hold down my liquor, but I had a friend, and this goes back to how I miss Cardi B, but she waited in the line for uh, over an hour, like definitely over an hour just to order, then another 30 minutes or so just to get the food. So. My brainchild, I don't know if other music festivals are built this way, and I look forward to going to the holy grail of them all, Coachella, next year. Um, but I'm hoping they have something where you can order your food on an app. Or maybe, like, put in, like, maybe have one organized ass line, not a cluster of people, but just have one organized line. You put your order in on the iPad, and then you go, they tell you how long it's going to be. And that way you can go somewhere else and enjoy the festival and see the acts that you came to see without waiting on the line. And I mean, that really took away from the experience for me. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? I mean, you got people who are streamlining stuff all the time. I was at a, a, a restaurant. I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant. But they had uh, right at the table, like, instead of having to wait for a waitress to come back yeah. and uh, take your I credit card. Like, and, 
yeah, you just pay right there. And I was like, wow, that, you know, that's high technology right there. And it's really not, but it's just a matter of people just used to doing things one way. And then someone says, hey, we should do something different. So to me, that's a, that's a good idea. You know, so people don't, it doesn't take away from the, I mean, you got to miss. Yeah, like the, the whole point is to see the acts. And we spent so much time in line, we missed us move like two sets. So, yeah, I've already come up with a game plan. I'm bringing all the snacks for Coachella. I'm just packing my bag up with plenty of water. I'm not playing with these people. I'll make sure that I go during a terrible set, you know, to get food. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Like, if, if they don't have it organized better at Coachella, that's how I'm going to do it. I'll just have to go during a terrible set. When when, when little, the little Uzi Vert comes on, then you can go get some food. You don't got to. Pretty much. Pretty much. You're not but I did, I, While I did miss Migos, I did see them walking around. I tried to get a picture, but I was way too slow. Um, but I saw them walking around enjoying the festival after I was I was actually trying to catch Cardi B, but I didn't. But she managed to meet Beyonce. Beyonce uh, embraced her, and I was like look at Cardi B going up right in front of our eyes. I really like Cardi B. I, really I, I, I will I will say one thing about Migos. I was horrified to find out there was three of them. Because yeah, there's three of them. Because I, I, like, I, hold I, on, you saw I did not know that there was three of these dudes. Because I'm like, I'm like, like... one of uncle or something like that. They're related. Like, one is a cousin, one is an uncle. Well, two are cousins, I guess. And then one is a, their uncle. Well, that's cool, because they're keeping the shittiness in the family. So it, at least it's not, like, <laughs> spread out all over the place. It's in, it's in one family. <laughs> I did enjoy uh, that, um, 21 Savage's set. I was drunk really? for most of it, so but I remember like dancing with people. That probably and explains why. Because <laughs> you probably got to be wasted to enjoy Twenty One Savage. <laughs> the beats, the beats go very hard. You can't, you can't hate on Twenty One Savage. I mean, he's out here fucking Amber Rose. I'm sure she was out there too. Oh, you know, her hometown. you know, the only person who hasn't said with Amber Rose, me. So that's uh, not a big don't do her like that. Don't, don't do, do her like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, I'm just saying that, like, like, I'm just not saying that, like, like, that's not an accomplishment that you, that you dated Amber Rose. I know I'm going back into that, but I mean, because some people, like, even Jennifer Lopez got around. But it is oh my just gosh. that. Yeah, I hear about a couple of celebrities somebody be with. I mean, if you really put it, if you put it on your fingers, if you can name Ten, I would be impressed. But even saying that, if you look at your own timeline about how many people you bagged or sandbagged or whatever, you, your numbers are very comparable or higher than these celebrities who you say, oh, they dated around a lot because you heard about them dating six or five or six people. In essence, I only heard about Amber Rose dating maybe five people, but yet y'all consider you are considering her a slut or a whore or gets around a lot. Ah, come I'm on, just, well, I'm putting it like that. this. For, for, for a lot of these people, it's not their business model. That's my thing. Because if, if that's just you and you date a lot of... Uh, I mean, because you see celebrities, you know, dating a lot of people, especially other celebrities, and that's probably why you hear about it. But for mm -hmm. someone like Amber Rose, it seems, I'm, and maybe I'm wrong, it just seems like that's their business model. And I think that's what makes me a little bit more, you know, 
edgy about it than I would be if, if it was somebody else who was just, you know, who just dates a lot of people because I'm very loose with that sort of thing because I'm, I'm not this whole Puritan, you know, you have to date this person. I, I don't get, no, I'm old. I don't get into all that. You know, it's, it's not, it's not the same as it used to be in the 50s. You know, you could do whatever you want to. But I think what gets me about someone like Amber Rose is that it seems like it's their business model and not just their preference. That's my thing. I see. Okay. All right. Well, uh, quick uh, questions to wrap up. Uh, wrap up my recap. Who are you looking forward to seeing to tonight, Blue? Have I don't, even, up know, up I don't even know who's. I don't know anything about the festival. <laughs> That's all right. We got the. Let's see what's going on. I got the website. Hold on. We gonna come up with. Who's playing? Uh, last night, apparently, uh, Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels. That's who, okay. That's Killer Mike. He was last night. Killer Mike is Run the Jewels, right? Uh, him and LP. Okay. Who's LP? What is, what is, what is this? So, like, is he a DJ? Is he a rapper? LP is a... It, and LP stands for... El Producto, but he, you know, he's known more for his uh, for his rap, and he was in uh, Company Flow uh, back in the '90s. And uh, I know he was more like underground. And I've then, never heard of him. Yeah, I never yeah. heard of him. I mean, I was actually talking to my mother, and I was like, um, I was like, um, I don't know that guy. And I you always like this. Take- when you get a chance, uh, he might be on uh, on. I know you're on title probably. Uh, he has, an album called, uh, he has an album called Cancer for Cure. Yeah. Listen to it when you get a chance. Hold on, hold on, let me ask a question. It says, so is it City, that tickets for City Plaza or Red Hat Amphitheater? <laughs> so it's actually, if, if you can see it, like it actually has multiple acts. On the, on the, on the card? I mean, on the, yeah, on the nah, ticket, on that, the ticket it, lists, it lists multiple acts. So, I don't know if it's intended, like, and this is what I will find out before you can. I don't know if I'm going to beat you out there, but um, I would say if it's, find out before you let them scan it. Just be like, if I come in the city plaza, can I still go to Red Hat? Like, do they give you a wristband so you can go to both? And that's, because that's what I'm not clear about. But it makes it seem like it's one or the other. If it is, in fact, one or the other, well, then, shit, I'm gonna go to I thought about going to City Plaza just because my job has a tent out there which means free booze and food Mm -hmm. um but I'd kind of rather go see Solange at Red Hat just because I do feel like I got gypped I feel like I got gypped with her performance because I saw I tried to see her last weekend and it rained so bad that I felt like I didn't you know really get a chance to to see her out there I mean, How many besides, songs did, did she do before only, they called it for rain? Or did she not go on at all? No, she went out. She still went out there, but it was just like hard to enjoy the show because we were getting rained on. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. So, no, she definitely went out there. She did her thing. I I love how she performs because I feel like it's not choreographed. It's um, it's very, it's very It seems spontaneous. I know that there's an element of planning there. But she seems to just dance from her spirit. Like, she's 
a wild child, like a flower child. She just seems I don't like know anybody that's playing at the Red Hat Amphitheater except for Solange. Except Solange, I right? Know anybody. So I know two people who's playing at City Plaza, Big Boy, and I love Mac. And um, it says to, to be determined at 630. Who's that? I'm good. Well, who do you mean to be determined? Who's to be determined? I can't even speak English. I don't know. That's what it says. Um, I'm looking at the at the lineup now. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the PDF version. Maybe it's not updated. Oh. Now, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm curious. Aside from, aside from Big Boy, who else is playing that night? I'm just curious. I'm looking at Door, Big Boy, Big Boy Mackinac, Games. Then a lot of people. I'm not even gonna name the names because I don't know none of these people. They're like alternate. They're maybe. Oh, I might not even need to leave work early for this. I'm good then. Sir, the Baptist <laughs> Naked Nat, Acid Rain. I guess like these are punk bands or something. I don't know these people. Shit. Mineral Girls, Pie Face Girls, Hand Habits, Absent Lovers, Brassius Monk. That sounds kind of familiar. Blursome. Yeah, I don't know. Machine Drum. Well, I got excited one minute. I thought it said, <laughs> I thought it said Scarface. That's a space face. Oh, I see that. That was, um, that was Thursday. Yeah. That was Thursday. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely I'm going to work early for this shit. I'm, nah, I'm going to text him. I'm going to text Kate my boss. Like, oh, I my know Kate Trinata. Oh, man, I could have seen Kate Trinata yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I love Kate Trinata. I'll put it like this. I, that lineup, to me, sounds almost as bad, if not worse, than like the lineup for Trump's inauguration. Okay, zoom out. This lineup doesn't compare to Art of Cool Festival in Durham. I'm concerned. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I love music festivals. As far as local ones go, Art of Cool. So I'm about so out. Odie, if you could give that to somebody else, I'm about I just don't feel like I'm going to go all the way down there just to see Solange. I feel some type of way. I do appreciate the effort, though, but I think that somebody who really, really likes music and who's already in Raleigh probably will get more bang for their buck versus a Duramite who's only going there. Who would only go there to see her? I don't know. None of these motherfuckers. No, put it like, I, I, put it like this, I, though, right? I, I, know, I know now it's different than it used to be, but when I was at Howard University, you know, and I told the story already, when I saw the foodies before, I didn't, I didn't know who the foodies were. I didn't know who Wyclef was, Proswell. Right. So they, they might be surprise you. They might, but I got a lot of stuff going on, and I don't want to tear away from what I got going on. <laughs> Just to see Solange. I, I see where you're going with that. I appreciate some, that. Some yeah. foodie, foodie artists. And I feel like I'm glad I looked at this, and I do appreciate it. Now, if Kay Trinata was on the same stage at a different time at Solange, I'm trying to see who I'm telling you everybody who I've been interested in seeing across the board. Um, the, 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 all the Saints, I would love to have seen them. That was on on Thursday. Um, that's but that's why they have to spread them out because they know that people they want people to buy more tickets. So you can't have all the good people on the yeah, same I, day. I just sell tickets on that one day. It, but it's just, they could have just made it a two day festival. I think three messed them up. Absolutely. Not, not that was four. Like they could have consolidated this to one weekend. I completely agree. Um, they should not be spread out between Thursday. three people. Solange, Big Boy, four people. Um, five people. I love Mackinac, Big Boy, Solange. Um, oh wait, what is he going to be out there? Huh? When's I Love McConan going to be there? I thought he was in jail. Six, it says 6.30 p.m. at the City Plaza. Oh, that's why I wanted to get off at 6 then. Okay. 
Rhapsody. I want my seeing Rhapsody on Friday, but I've seen her a thousand times. She's local. Versa Avalon on Friday. That would have been a good set to see, I believe. Um, I there's so many names I don't know. I would I really need to Google these people. You know what I'm saying? But I gotta um I, I gotta I gotta I gotta. But I'd rather somebody get more bang for their buck versus me just be like do 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 do. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> and I'm thinking about where, I'm thinking about there's so many other things taking place. You know, I got this other stuff I got to do regarding my work. But then I'm thinking parking. Do I should I just take a Uber? Should I take a Lyft? You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, downtown parking is like that's not that bad. And, I'm, and, I don't, and I don't know why I always say Uber. No one, I don't even fuck with Uber like that. I'm all about Lyft, because Uber be price gouging like a motherfucker. Fuck them hoes. Um, what's the food situation going to look like? Are there going to be food trucks out there? Where can I go to get a bike? You know what I'm saying? Where I mean, I if you walk with me and we in City Plaza, you get some pizza and you get some beer. <laughs> but but I, like, cool. I like Big Boy with... Andre 3000. Exactly. But I don't care for... He's he's a good rapper by himself, but it don't have the same bang for me. But Which which is crazy, because I don't mind seeing Andre 3000 without Big Boy. Exactly. I'm totally fine seeing... To to me, Big Boy's more traditional. Andre's a little bit more alternative. You know? So, I can see Andre 3000 putting on a... I can see Big Boy putting on a good show. I can see Andre 3000 putting on a great show. Right. That, that, that's just me. Right. I think that Andre would have more instrumentation, more, more, he would more, have, more crowd appeal. You know what I'm saying? I think of Big Boy. I think of like nothing but bass. I think of well, speaker box. Like I think of it, like heavily relying on the bass. Whereas like Andre could play with live instruments. He could, um, he could do some verses from his guest appearances. That could be its own set. Just him on other people's songs. Hell yeah, he has a, like he's a quite the catalog. I'm really surprised yeah. I haven't seen like a, you know, sometimes I used to go on these torrent sites and look up mixtapes, and uh, sometimes they'd be like mixes like um, uh, Busta Rhymes features, da da da, and those things, those kind of mixtapes where they have features, have you ever noticed there's a lot of times they shine better on other people's shit than they do on their own shit? Yeah. And, it, yeah. And, yeah. They, and, and many times they outshine the artists they feature with, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I, I've never seen them do that, but one person <laughs> who I think of what comes to mind is 2 Chains. Because I can't listen to two chain records, like mm-hmm. his own records. But he was on a couple of, uh, he was on De La Soul's record, the Anonymous uh, Nobody, and then uh, I know I pronounced the name of that album wrong. And he was on something else, and I was like, they gonna mess around, maybe like two chains. But I can't listen to his to his records. But when I see him on guest spots, you don't like pretty, you don't like pretty girls like trap music. Is you stupid? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm stupid. I like the vibe. I like that shit. That shit is cool. Like, how is that not? He, like, he got some. Dope. He got some bangers. Some bangers that you probably heard, liked, okay, and didn't even know it was him. I mean, because there's so many Atlanta rappers seem to be so blocked into this little square, which they sound very similar, you know what I'm saying? What I hate about where I'm, you know, where I live, where I used to live, Charleston rappers, they try to emulate that Atlanta sound. No, bro, you gotta get in your own lane and do your own thing, you know what I'm saying? Stop trying to sound like these Atlanta rappers, you know what I'm saying? You know, Snoop Dogg was saying... I heard a New York rapper try to emulate some of that flow, and I was like, what? Come on, man, New York? Really? The home of hip-hop in many cases, believe me, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Snoop Dogg was talking about it, uh 
on one of the videos and he was saying like back in the days how everybody sound the same but back in the days if you sound just like somebody else you was biting he's the only two people who sound the same back then was uh dana dan and slick rick he said they mm -hmm. were similar mm -hmm. but they weren't the same but right. now and then snoop was funny because he was like they even had me doing that stuff for a little while in the studio and i was like man cut this shit off that ain't me <laughs> <laughs> That's because he did say in his defense, it's catchy. And you know, Jay-Z's been, Jay-Z, his whole career up until maybe the last eight years was that he would emulate a style. The food, in the beginning, it sounded like the Fushnickens. You remember that, Merc. Right. Um, then, he, you know, he'll, whoever he rap on, he'll emulate that style, thinking he was doing it better, but always was a shot, was shot. <laughs> the, the one line in Ether that always got to me, always made me laugh out loud, when you talk about Jay-Z, mm -hmm. and speaking of that, with things that some people rhyme better on other people's records, he said, Eminem merge you on your own shit. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that hurts. <laughs> but honestly, Eminem would murder anybody on anybody's shit. I mean, listen, yeah. I love Nas. Nas is my dude. But honestly, he is not the best beat selector. He would be phenomenal if he chose a better beat. I mean, that's his, I think that's his Achilles heel. Or, he wants or, to be such a purist that he fucks with them old school boom bad beats that ain't relevant in this time period. Let's look at all his bangers that actually shot at the number one. Always with a um, more progressive producer, the um, Uchi Wally. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was a big hit. You know what I'm saying? If mm -hmm. I rule the world, that was a big hit. That wasn't or, uh, like the premiere or any of those cats. You know what or, I'm saying? Uh, one mic. Right. One. Now, one mic was more. Mm -hmm. uh, that was old that school. was the That was a more school, old school type of flow. That was a traditional producer. Well, I believe that might have been a premiere beat, if I'm not mistaken. That that's an exception. There are exceptions. Yeah. One mic is definitely one of the exceptions. One um. That thing that um, what's that boy called um, vibrant thing? Who sings vibrant thing? Vibrant thing. Q-tip. The one Q-tip produced um, one love. That was one love. Yeah, that was. My bad. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Nobody, you know, but it was kind of progressive, but it had a little old school thing to it. Um, but for the most part, you know, he's not a good beat selector. He's one of the. He's a phenomenal rapper. But if you no. look at the, if you look if you actually did a catalog of the words he used in the lane he is in, he don't he don't start too far from Nas, with the exception of when he used other producers. I think he's highly driven by the producer, but he always chooses producers that cater more to his original style. I mean, so how about this? Oh, like in his defense, I I don't know. I read my horoscope daily and. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I just, it's funny that you use the word purist to describe Nas because Nas is one of the more famous Virgos. Shout out to Nas. You know, it's Virgo season. Oh. And basically, <laughs> this, is what, this is what the Virgo horoscope said today. Say, so you are a purist when it comes to many things, Virgo. For example, if you're someone who likes to cook and there's a recipe that you've always followed that has always turned out well, you would not be likely to try a different spice or substitute honey for sugar. You mm -hmm. like knowing what has always worked will work once again. And besides, that recipe has always been that way and should remain that way. But if you can break out of that pattern today, a chance to do something old in a new way could bring huge rewards. Yeah, I was like, unfortunately, music is not banana pudding. So it's, it's not. not. It's really yeah. not. But 
But it's funny that, that you guys said that the timing just seemed to be like on point. It's right on time. That's what it is. The universe works uniquely in that way. There's nothing so we always say, Oh, the universe is so so um how you say magical or so this or that. The universe has a very set formula and if we pay closer attention to it, we'll see that it's uniquely connected in a very simplistic way. A lot of things cross over and connect, you know what I'm saying? It's not a complex puzzle at all. And when we open our minds to the matrix and figure out the plan, the program of the matrix, only then can we integrate appropriately. Well, I would love for them to reboot the Matrix, but I know they'll get it wrong. I know they'll get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because they're not going to have the same choreographer doing the fight scenes. Right, right. Because, right. I mean, that, the guy who did their fight scenes, at least for the first two movies, he was like a... a Chen Wu-Ping was a, a legend. And he now, I, don't, I, don't stuff, know if I, I don't know if I've seen the third one, to be honest with you. You don't have to. Yeah. Just 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 know that it ends, and then just leave <laughs> it back. Because the third one was just absolutely just... It was just garbage. Okay. But the first two, I, I thought were classics. So. Okay. Where Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> where Lawrence Fishburne actually learned kung fu. How awesome is that? Him, him and Keanu Reeves. All right, all right. Well, that concludes this very eclectic episode of Landed in Sixty Degrees, a broadcast featured by the Urban Breakdown. Stay tuned for the next episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his electric, electric, eclectic cronies. Oh, enjoy your time at Hopscotch. Make sure somebody that you really can dig gets gets that ticket. If you see Solange, oh man, if you see her. But just take a picture if you can. Um, a good quality picture. You know, I always notice that in places like that. I don't know. Maybe it's something they do with the lights, but it's really hard to get good snaps. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm not my camera good. For night shows, yes. For night shows, yes, because it is dark. Mm-hmm. During the day, like my, I didn't really take a lot of pictures because. I didn't feel like it, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like fuck, fuck a memory. I'm trying to like, feel this right now. Yeah, That's respectful. I feel you on that. Like, I just like to be, yeah, in the moment. I Like, when you look around, you just see, basically, your picture is of other people taking pictures. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't want to be one of those people. So I'm trying to get away from that and really just, like, build up the memories of the event. But right. the one picture I took, Rawless, like, and, and it was of me and my line sisters. It was or I ran into two of them out there and we took a picture and it was flawless. Like, uh, it should be my profile picture. If I could have cropped them out without being disrespectful, I would crop them out and make it my profile picture. I look good. They both look good. We look good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And that concludes another episode of 360 Degrees. Thank you. And make sure that you subscribe via iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts. And if you have an Alexa app, ask for the Urban Breakdown Podcast, and it will activate via TuneIn. Thank you, and be well.
I'm just empty. Guess it's not in me. Then why do they envy me? Why would anyone envy when everyone's in VP? Cause everybody sings, everybody raps, everybody models. So who's that left to clap? But when there's no one in the back, you still be my audience. And whenever I hear my name, I know it's you who's calling it. If I'm a work of art, I know it's you who's drawing it. You who puts my picture in a frame. You who smiles when they mention them. Baby, please just don't 